Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. Uh, and I'm Dan. I have nothing clever. Okay. Um, how are you? I'm alright. It's a very lazy Sunday in my house on uh, Daylight Savings Changeover Day, which ruins everyone's lives. Yeah, you better believe I was late. It's fine. I was playing video games while waiting for you. It's it's no big deal. Ashley slept till about uh, <sighs> noon, noon o'clock. Dear God. Yeah. So, you know, totally fucked up everything. This uh, this daylight what savings has. What is she, a has. teenager? Uh, she wishes. I have some news, I guess. Okay. Uh, my sister... Decided to do, like, a gender reveal thing, which is weird uh-huh. uh, that people do that. But, I mean, sure, they're they're excited, whatever. So, I got to find out the, the sex of my new uh, addition to the family. I, I can't say niece or nephew right now because I'm not uh, to that part of the story. So... The way that she decided to reveal this information was uh, she sent me a little package that had a plastic Pokeball from Pokemon in it, uh, and it was filled with either a a blue or pink powder that, you know, whenever it was thrown, it would crack open and this, like, chalk dust would come out and reveal the sex of the baby. Uh, so I I took it and I yelled, nephew, I choose you, and threw it, and then a bunch of pink powder came out, so her kid is already disappointing me. <laughs> That's true. Well, I'm, I'm sorry you don't have a nephew, but at least you can try to force your nerd shit on this kid, too. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, I, I ultimately don't care as long as it's a, a healthy, living human being. That isn't racist or sexist or homophobic in any way, shape, or form. That too. I think they're in good shape there, though. Well, good. Oh, man. I don't know. I'm not feeling too bantery right now, quite honestly. Well, then don't banter. All right, I won't banter. I'll just sit here. You're allowed not to want to banter. Um, Gerald and I finished our uh, Lord of the Rings series, so... Did he ever send you the audio to that? He he sent he sent it to me this morning, uh, which I haven't checked yet, uh, but I'm assuming that that means his episode has gone up. It it indeed did. Hmm. When what time did he send me those? He sent me those at two thirty, and his post went up at. Oh, it says it's three hours ago, so that that about lines up. So hooray! Fucking Gerald. Whatever, I don't care anymore. We're done with him. We never have to <laughs> deal with him ever again in our entire lives. It's done. It's finished. 
I know one part where I'm going to be very excited to hear what he thinks because uh, he is a giant baby. And I won't say any more. Yeah. It uh, it goes about as how you would think. Yeah. I don't know why he was mad at you about it. Wait, he was mad at me? Because there was a spider in, in Return of the King? Yeah, for some reason. I mean, okay. Did, did he know that in 2003 I was uh, 14? And therefore didn't work in, in the movie industry then, and I don't work in the movie industry now, and have it in between those two <laughs> points in time? Uh, I think uh, I think he was just mad that you didn't warn him. Why would I warn him? And, I want uh, I want him to be surprised. I don't know. I I don't want to give too much away, but like because it's Gerald and he's a fucking crazy man. Uh, he he literally dropped his rating of the movie because there was a spider in it. Yep, he did that with Chamber minutes. of the Se- with Chamber of Secrets. He dropped the he dropped yeah. a whole rating. A whole. Yeah. Z- <laughs> uh, I was so. <laughs> See, I give him shit for uh for him not buying the whole Harry teaching kids how to do basic defense against the dark arts. But really what I should have given him shit for was, hey, this movie is pretty adequate. Uh, Oh, but there's a spider in it. Two and a half. (laughs) I'm very mad at Gerald. Ah, shit. Uh, That's cool. Uh, So yeah, that's that's a a series on our Patreon, so you can check that out, as as well as all of our other series, which are the Halloween franchise, the Fifty Shades franchise, the Fast and Furious franchise, the Star Wars franchise. Uh, is that it? And the Harry, Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that does sound about right. Yeah, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill, and you can uh, join there for as little as a dollar a month and get access to all that bonus content and more if you feel like it. Yeah. Join there or be square. Uh, also, in terms of audio content, Stacking Triggers, the third episode, should be out by the time you're listening to this, because the release date is officially Mondays, and it is on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So, uh, follow the podcast there, because that's the new verbiage for everything. It's follow, not subscribe, follow. Uh, so, follow the mm-hmm. podcast there, on either platform, or on a regular podcast platform. And uh, if you're feeling so inclined, please leave us a review on that podcast as well. Yes. Just don't judge us too harshly. We're still figuring it out. I'll figure you out. Why Why do we have 500 formats for the same fucking meme? What? So, like, the, there's a new there's a new meme with, like, Oprah, and it's like, it's ba- but it's basically, like, a version of the Drake meme that goes, like, the, the hand up and then, like, the point. Like we have, we now have the Oprah version of that meme, and it's like we've had this meme. Oh, like the Drake meme, yeah. Yeah. Why do we need more? I don't know. I saw one that was SpongeBob earlier, a, like a version of that template. Just we just need one version of every meme, and that way we can all we all agree on that one version, and then we never have another version of it. So it's annoying. Sorry, I'm on Twitter right now, and I see the Oprah meme, and I'm just yeah, upset. I'm sorry for the inconvenience. Um, let's do uh, some news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Well, Caleb, if you believe all the clickbait, it's happening. 
There's going to be a crackdown on password sharing on Netflix because uh, they're testing a brand new feature that adds a layer of account security. So, like, uh, back in the day, I used to have my ex's Netflix account until uh, I forget what the fuck even. Oh, I think my brother was watching, like, porn or something uh, along those lines on that account. And then they're like, why is all this porn showing up? And they logged out of all devices. So basically, this is there to, uh, at least according to Netflix, uh, fix that. I went on a whole thing on Twitter about this whole potential thing happening. Uh, so I don't want to talk about it right now. I just want to hear what you think. I don't care. It just seems like a security, like a a two-factor authentication type thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that is considered a crackdown on password sharing. The simple reason is because when people would log in under different accounts or like under the same account, like it would be like, yeah, here it is. If you don't live with the owner of this account, you need your own account to keep watching. That's what comes up. And that's why everyone's like, oh, here comes the password crackdown. I mean, only thing that'll change for us is we'll need uh, our patrons to buy us another Netflix account, I guess. I don't know. It's fine. But they give us enough money for that already, so we appreciate you, patrons. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's a step away from that whole thing. But uh, for now, I don't like it. It's just as you said, two-factor authentication. I don't just like. I guess it's just like, hey, we all know this is coming. Let's clickbait it into existence. All right. Um. On to uh, award season news. Netflix scored an unfortunate 10 nominations for the 2021 Razzies. Uh, three for Hubie Halloween, three for The Wrong Missy, three for Hillbilly Elegy, and one for The Last Thing He Wanted. Yep. Yeah. Uh, basically, all the Adam Sandler, like the Hubie Halloween ones, were for Adam Sandler and his, and his voice. And I just went, okay. Mm -hmm. I've not had shakes. I mean, whatever. It, the voice is fine. That's not even like the worst voice he's done on Netflix. The the uh, other thing that got the the one that basically like is the razziest award of the year movie thing is that uh, three six five days, which is also on Netflix, but it's not it's not an original. So uh, that got six nominations. So I know what next month's cautionary tale of Netflix is. No. <laughs> like it's literally called three six five days it might be a, it might be 365 but uh i don't know yeah. i was gonna say is it a kingdom hearts movie 365 over two days i still don't know what that means so i don't remember what Corey and i were doing but we were driving home we had like a 45 minute drive uh and he started to explain the plot of kingdom hearts to me uh, and then I told him, look, you have to stop because my brain is frying and I don't want to crash into oncoming traffic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is trash. Uh, let's do downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Our first trailer is for a series called The Wedding Coach, which looks like garbage. Our next trailer is for Snob a Cash. I have nothing else to add about the wedding coach. It looks terrible. Yeah. 
That's a reality wedding planning show. Yeah, uh, snab a cash. Uh, dreams come at a cost. When the entrepreneurial startup scene and the criminal worlds of Stockholm collide, loyalty, friendships, and business partners, that's a hard word, will be all be tested in the never-ending quest for easy money. This looks average. Snab a cash. Looks like uh, something I'll never think of again. Correct. This is this is one of those trailers that uh, I don't know why it's here. I don't know why we're talking about it. Uh, because it's a trailer. Yeah. You have a quota ful- to fulfill. Everybody loves yeah. this segment so much and wants it to be longer. Let's be fair here. There's only four trailers. It's not like I just went, oh, here's, you know, 109 trailers for everybody. Yeah, I think that there's one of these trailers this week that we should have talked about. uh, And it's not this next one, uh, which is (laughs) Madame Claude. In 1960s Paris, Madame Claude's influence extends beyond the world of sex work until an affluent young woman threatens to change everything. Uh, so she's a madam, she's got, you know, prostitutes that work for her, and uh, they, like, get embroiled in, like, some spycraft shit. Because, like, the government's using these girls to, like, blackmail people and stuff. Uh, sorry, I f- discovered that I had magic cards on the floor. That's not where those go. That's not where those go. Although I know why one is on the floor. It's a uh, Harold King of Skemfar. Uh, but I got like the uh, showcase art for it. So I threw that because this version that I have uh, was originally in my commander deck. And now the showcase version is in my commander deck instead because it looks cooler. Okay. Uh, sorry, Ashley, that was your Magic the Gathering talk for this week. Uh, this looks like it's average. At least it wasn't 14 minutes. Yeah, it's 14 seconds. Yeah, this looks average. Yeah. Alright, please tell me about the next trailer, which, is this the, is this the trailer that you were talking about? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, this looks interesting, I guess. This is a trailer for This is a Robbery, the world's biggest art heist. $500 million of missing art. A $10 million reward for whoever finds it. That seems like a bad rate of return. Uh, it's your turn to enter the mystery. 30 years ago, two thieves brazenly stole millions of dollars worth of art from uh, Boston's Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. Where the art is now remains a mystery. Today, investigators reviewing the case attempt to recover the missing works, unmask the perpetrators, and solve the biggest art heist in history. I, uh, I like a good mystery. I like a good true mystery. Um, I don't know. This this looks kind of fun. I don't know. I I don't like these kind of things where it's like, hey... Here's what we what possibly happened. We don't we like we mm-hmm. we know certain events, like we know how the crime took place and and that's about it. We don't know who, we don't know why. We it's just like we don't know what happened afterwards. It's just like uh it's all speculation. And that's not interesting or fun to me. Like uh, that actually just feels kind of lazy cuz it feels like ancient aliens where it's like 
Yeah, well, kind of. we don't we don't know for sure, but this could have happened, and it's like the craziest fucking thing that you've ever seen. That's the one thing that I I really don't like about these kind of shows is like, you know, you can just tell me like the information in a concise and quick manner. Like you don't have to fucking jerk me off for uh, six episodes. Yeah, this could be a movie. And be like, here are yeah. here are potential theories we have based off of you know general evidence that we have. We don't need like, well, Whitey Bulger, the rest of the mafia. Uh, King George the Third, like who who knows who could have fucking stolen this? Yeah. So whatever. I don't really care about too many of the well any of these things this week. So yeah, I don't uh, either. We'll move. We'll move on to quick hits. <laughs> Uh, Dan, what did you watch this week? I watched The Naked Gun, mainly because you told Ooh, me what to. What do you think? I like it. It's not great. Like, uh, there's there are some jokes that just don't fucking land at all. Uh, but the the whole I I mean I've seen like a few of these. Like I, I've seen the bit down at the docks where he keep they keep passing twenties back and forth. It's like I don't know my mes- my memory's a little fuzzy. Oh, how does how does this make it feel? Yeah. Oh yeah, I saw him. <laughs> They're just passing the same bribe back and forth. Yeah, and then and the guy's like, uh, yeah. the the criminal's like, he wants more information out of the cops, so he's like, here, uh, it, here's another twenty, and then he's like, I don't know if I should. It's like, uh, I'm out of twenties. Do you have one I can borrow here? Sure. How do you feel now? Well, I'll tell you my information. Like that's uh, classic <laughs> stuff. And also, like, the other thing I've seen all the time was uh, when Le- they're in, like, the crime lab and Leslie Nielsen goes in between, like, the set wall and uh, the camera. Like, instead of going through the door, he just walks around, breaking the fourth wall, yeah. I guess. But otherwise, uh, funny. It's a funny movie. Uh, there are, there are going to be bits that I remember forever, and that's the, the sign of a classic comedy. Yeah. Especially when they tried to kill OJ by sending him down a flight of stairs in a wheelchair. Yes. Uh, what about you? What did you watch? Uh, I started watching Murder Among the Mormons, which okay. is that true crime thing where uh, the Mormon church was trying to cover up uh, some some historic documents about uh, how Joseph Smith founded the church after being led to the Secret of Mormon Jesus by a a, a, a talking salamander. Dum 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 dum. <laughs> Please tell me about like every everything that you like. They were they were talking about the the Mormon religion. You just went dum 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 after the after every time. I mean, I didn't because I wasn't recording my audio for a South Park episode. But but. Uh, anytime someone came in with, like, a truth bomb, you just came in like, smart, 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 smart. <laughs> uh, this show's hysterical. Like, it's not meant to be, but it's, it's kind of really funny. Because, like, there's a scene where they're, like, they go to, like, a shooting range and shoot guns. Like, they're talking about, like, oh, dealing in these exotic rare documents is, like, extremely lucrative and like 
this guy who, you know, was a document dealer that possibly had ties to organized crime or something, uh, like, invited me to the gun range, and we were just fucking shooting Mac-10s and shit, and it does, like, this slow-mo footage of these, like, fucking goobers shooting all these guns, and it's, like, unintentionally hilarious. Okay. It's a serious show that becomes a comedy by virtue of, uh, like, poor filmmaking and awkward interviews. <laughs> Why? Like, it, it just feels like this is all docuseries are at this point. It's like, hey, I'm a failed filmmaker and therefore have to go to, like, these very generic looking things that happen. Like, what? I don't yeah. know. I just I just hate them all. I mean, there's a reason I don't watch a lot of documentaries. I try to, because, like, people tell me that, like, watching documentaries is a smart thing to do. But I don't know. I just rather would watch Lord of the Rings again. That's fair. I've watched the entire Lord of the Rings series three times in the last six months. Oh my god, really? Yeah. I actually just watched the extended editions for the first time. Uh, they are they are rough. Yeah, I don't know why everybody raves about it. Uh, the the ex- extended edition for Return of the King was kind of a disjointed mess. Yeah, I don't. Uh, there there are certain things that are in the extended editions that should be in the movies, but mm-hmm. there are other things in the extended editions that shouldn't be in anything. Yeah, there's a reason it got put on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Release the Jackson cut. Yeah, release the Dan cut. I can give you the fucking real cut. D- so, <laughs> I need you to tell me about your other thing that you watched, which is based on a joke that we... Uh, I guess told during uh, our second episode of Stacking Triggers. I watched Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. Cause it's a pick. Uh, this movie's very good. It's uh, it's just a, a visual poem of uh, Tenacious D's album by the same name. And, like, I think all the songs uh, play in the same order as they were on the album, uh, with the exception of uh, the song The Government Totally Sucks, which got cut from the movie. Uh, but you can find that clip on YouTube. It's it's pretty decent. Uh, but basically, like, uh, it's the origin story of Tenacious D. Like, Jack Black goes to California and meets Kyle Gass, and they want to be the best band in the world. Uh, so they, uh, happen to notice, like, they're flipping through a guitar magazine, and it's like, huh, all these guys are using the same guitar pick. So they kind of go down this rabbit hole, and they find out it's the Pick of Destiny, which is forged from, uh, Satan's Tooth. So they, uh, decide to go to the Rock and Roll History Museum, where it's, like, tucked into one of the guitars that's on display there. Uh, and steal it so that they can have the power. Uh, and they go on a zany adventure. Does it end... Now, I've seen this, so I know the answer to this question. But, uh, does it end with them going to the fires of Mount Doom and casting the pick of destiny into it? In a weird way, it kind of does. <laughs> they do... They do banish Satan back to hell. 
what I'm saying is I just want a Tenacious D movie where it's just the Lord of the Rings. Oh my god. What if Tenacious D remade Avatar? What if Tenacious D remade all movies? But which Avatar? That's very important. Uh, I just want a tall blue Kyle Gass. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, do that. Just make sure you get Kevin Costner so you can also write Dances with Wolves again. Mm-hmm. I hate that movie. The movie's three hours. It's really bad. Um, I don't know. Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny is just like a stoner comedy that like... I don't know. It's just silly and like the music's good in it, though. Uh, I really like the scene where Jack is like wandering through the woods because he decided to take a shortcut uh, and like eats a bunch of mushrooms that he finds and starts tripping out. And uh, he goes on an adventure with Sasquatch. Uh, It's probably my favorite part of the movie. Uh, And like also the ending, like the last song uh, is real good. But like uh, my favorite thing about it is like the the lyrics describe what they're doing on screen. So like uh, there's a song called Break in City uh, subtitle Storm the Gate, which is like when Jack's trying to break into the Rock and Roll History Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I don't know, it's like the lyrics are just describing the things that he's doing on screen anyway that like, I don't know, it just is goofy and fun as opposed to, like, just watching him. So it's like, uh... Ninja-style samurai metal pole climb that shit! And he, like, climbs up to the roof. And it's like, two air vents on the roof! That's what the guy was talking of shit! Because he notices a security camera there. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and it... This has one of my favorite jokes, too. Because, like, there's, uh... This, like, old crazy guy who's trying to also get the pick of Destiny, uh, who tried many years ago and lost his leg in the attempt. Uh, So now he's trying to, like, steal it from them after they get it out of the museum. Uh, So, like, they get out with it, and uh, he pulls a knife on him, and he's, like, uh, I think he's, like, missing a leg, so he's, like, he doesn't get around too well. Uh, So he's, like... Now come over here, I'm going to cut you. And Jack Black just looks at him and shakes his head. He's like, I'm not coming over there. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know, it's just so deadpan, it's really funny. Uh, This is a good movie. Yeah. It's a stupid movie, but it's a good movie. Yeah, I totally agree. I I enjoy Pick of Destiny. Uh, And that's it. So why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, we'll talk about our main review for the week, uh, which is the series Pacific Rim, The Black. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our patrons, Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley, the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy Della Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. 
Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash apple podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main review topic for the week. Pacific Rim, the black. Pacific Rim, the back, the black. Back in Black is an animation action adventure. Uh, it's a 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, it is seven episodes of some pretty decent uh, animation. Mm-hmm. After Kaiju Ravage Australia, two siblings pilot a Jaeger to search for their parents, encountering new creatures, seedy characters, and chance allies. Uh, Dan, what did you think of Pacific Rim the Black? Uh, I like it. There's some. Decent character stuff here. Uh, it's still my favorite representation of the drift that has been in anything. I mean, we only have two other properties, and the drift in that was kind of like, hey, remember the way the brain works is very linear, and you dip immediately into very important memories that are in the forefront. And in this, it goes, oh, memories are just kind of scattered and uh, all all over the place, and I I, I love it for that. Uh Robot fights are good. Some of the characters are fine. Uh, there's there's one character that I, that I fucking hate because they're just a terrible cliche. And then when you take a step back and look at them, you just go, "Man, you are just the fucking worst." And not even just like from <laughs> how like the way they're written. It's just like how they're written because, eh. Uh, not, I don't want to get too into it right now because uh, we're we're going non-spoiler for this part, but then we're going full spoilers like pretty much immediately after this. So, what did you think, man? There's like three characters that I feel like it could go any of three ways of which one you're talking about. Oh, interesting. I would love to hear about them. I I thought that this was pretty good. Like they take it to fantastical anime territory. Like the the Pacific Rim concept is already pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, there's a technology you link your minds and it lets you fight good in a giant robot. Uh, and then there's these like alien monsters coming out of portals. Um, so then they like kick it up into. Like, One Punch Man territory, there's a character that, like, uh, because, I don't know, it kind of, like, the one character is basically Goku X uh, Attack on Titan, yeah, uh, which we'll get into a bit, but, like, there's just, like, there's non-Jaeger, non-Kaiju things that are uh, able to take on Jaegers and Kaijus. Just kind of weird, like it's a it's a fucking spin on it. But like as you know, an animation show, it it works and that's fine. I don't know. It was, it was a fun little fun little romp. Yeah. With that, those that's our non spoiler thoughts uh, on the whole series. If you want to hear some more non spoiler thoughts, go check out a preview episode. But from this point on, spoilers for Pacific Rim: The Black. Thank Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play of the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now.
All right. So the character I was talking about is fucking Shane. I hate Shane. Like, I, I don't hate him as a character. I hate the way he's okay. written. He is so stupid. I didn't know if it was going to be Shane, May, or Boy. Boy's whatever, because Boy doesn't really have a character. All he is is uh, a third act twist, basically. Like, oh. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I feel like the the mute outsider is a trope. Eh, I'm fine with that. Like, I, I wanted to know what he was, and now I know, and I'm like, eh, that's kind of stupid. Yeah, and then May is basically Gamora. Who, like, she's been groomed by Shane the whole time to become a villain, mm-hmm. and, like, begins to realize that he's not that great. Right. My problem with Shane is this. Shane uses death as the way to, like, he threatens people with death in order to, like, get what he wants. But when he starts threatening people with death that can do only are the only ones that can do certain tasks, I just question his intelligence. Like he has uh, a guy who can fix Jaegers. He's like, I'm going to kill this guy unless he fixes this Jaeger for me within like Mm -hmm. half a second. And it's like, no, Shane, that's not how that works. You keep that guy around because he's useful, because now you have a Jaeger to use. Uh, I don't know. Like Shane just threatening everybody yeah. with death. Like but if he, he doesn't he, fix it and he kills him, then like he still doesn't have what he wants, but he feels better. Yeah, for a split second, it's like, oh shit, I fucking killed the guy who could fix my Jaeger. I don't get it. I don't. Uh, it's very flimsy. Like they wanted to portray him as like a super smart guy, and I really felt like after that whole drift thing with uh, him and Taylor at the end of episode three, I was like, oh man, we're gonna get like a really interesting bad guy. And then he just evolved into uh, murder you for this, murder you for that guy. And I I hated it. He's kind of seems like a mix between like Negan from Walking Dead and like Immortan Joe or something. Yes. I don't know. I, I, um, I didn't really need there to be a human villain. Cause like. The show's about monsters and robots fighting. Like, I I get that you need, you know, a human antagonist to drive the plot along. But like, when the show's doing the main thing it's supposed to do, which is making monsters and robots fight, like that dude has nothing that can threaten them at all. Right. That's why I fucking hate him as a villain because he he doesn't do anything. Like, you have to be outside your Jaeger to even be affected by him really like we saw what happened when they got in the jaeger and just started fucking shit up like i was like okay uh shane has shane has nothing he can do and we're all gonna move on here yeah it just fucking threw a truck at him yeah and then he stood in fire and that was it <laughs> so i i don't know i sh- I was, I had really high hopes for shane especially after that third episode uh and and sitting on that for a few weeks but after this i'm just like oh shane kind of sucks yeah i don't know the the jaeger technician that like they're trying to make him pilot the jaeger uh when they take like Haley and taylor captive mm-hmm. um it's like they make him drift with like every fucking bandit in their camp basically and it like fucks his brain up and for the rest of the show he's or, you know, for the rest of that character's part in the show, at least. Right. Uh, he's just, like, super out of it. And, like, he's, 
I, I don't know. Like it's uh, it's interesting how they wrote that because it's like, yeah, I lost part of myself in there, but like I picked up all these other skills. So like, you know, I can fucking throw a knife with perfect accuracy and all this stuff, but like I don't know how to fix the Jaeger anymore. Right. Like I don't know. That was that was neat. Right, we also got uh like Taylor also with Felt his super th- bad for that guy. Oh well, that guy <laughs> like totally lost his mind because uh, a man threatened him with death because it was the only thing the man could do. And it was like there's like a like, he must have drifted with like twenty dudes and all those other guys are fucked. Now the technician's fucked. Like come on, like at some point Shane has to be somewhat intelligent and realize oh if I push people to do things it's only going to get worse. That's why he's a, a, a bad villain. But uh, that brings me to Taylor solo drifting or ghost drifting or whatever they called it. Yeah, basically like he drifts with the like the mental footprint of another Jaeger pilot. Do you remember that Jaeger pilot from the first one? Yeah, it was the guy who uh, fucking like saved them, basically, so that they their parents could get them away. Well, not even that. It was uh, Herc Hansen, who was uh, the father in the father-son duo from the first movie. Huh. Yeah. That's right. And, when, and then when they uh, bring up the, the three pilots who solo drifted successfully, uh, it was uh, Pentecost, which is correct. Uh, it was Raleigh, which is also correct. And then Herc, who at the very end. You know, it was like, oh, Herc, really? And then when they showed, you know, his fucking co-pilot being dead and then him, like, killing the one thing at the beginning of the of the show and then initiating the black or blackout. Uh, that was that was kind of fucking awesome. Also, Herc was like 900 years old. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's get into, I guess, the main threats of the show, because like. As we mentioned, the the fucking human villains kind of ineffectual and just yes, just kind of takes up screen time that could be used for monsters and robots fighting. So Copperhead is like the main uh, kaiju that's like after them. Uh, he's also known as the Jaeger Breaker. So he's just fucking super badass, and like they they fight with him a bunch of times and always get their asses beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but managed to get away. Um, so like, kind of the, like that's the looming threat throughout everything. Like, uh, and there's like a big showdown with him at the end, and uh, it's a pretty cool fight. Yeah, because uh, like the the Jaeger they have Atlas Destroyer, it's like a training model, so it has no weapons. So mm-hmm. like, they can just like punch and kick and walk around and stuff. Uh, so like towards the end of the show, they finally get a weapon and, uh, they kind of, kind of fuck up the kaiju that just like fucking beat ass on like every other person. Like they, they happen to get the perfect weapon to kill it, I guess. Well, they, they also had to get like a secondary weapon that actually truly killed it. But still like that weapon was interesting. Like it reminded me of, uh. Metabots, which I know you never watched, but like it was this cartoon show where like kids would customize their robots with like certain things that would make their robots better at fighting. 
and sometimes like the the color scheme was off so like it looked like you know you have atlas destroyer and it's like blue and yellow and then all of a sudden they fucking throw on this red arm and it's like oh i remember what this looks like i remember these things yeah well i don't know do you remember like in the new star wars movies for no reason c-3po had a, a red arm yes and it's just like, oh, I wonder what happened to C-3PO's arm, like why he has a different arm now. Like, I guess from a filmmaker standpoint, the literal reason that they did that was so that they could sell new C-3PO action figures. Yeah, that sounds like Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know why anybody would want to buy a C-3PO toy. Uh, because it's Star Wars. Are, are they selling Pacific Rim merch? Like, do we do we know that? I wouldn't be surprised I... to see two versions of a pop figure of Atlas Destroyer. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, one one with just like the regular with both arms, and then one with like the new upgraded red arm. Also, right. like the red arm that he gets is like they say it's like super tough, so like he uses it to defend a lot. Like it's fucking indestructible or whatever right it's a super tough alloy well i what i was kind of hoping for was when when they found their parents jaeger like that's like the ending episodes they find their parents jaeger i i would have thought uh they would have like taken that arm and then put it into put it onto their jaeger as like a like a symbology thing or like how like there was like an issue with like one of the legs because they kept getting RPG shot at it, and it was like, oh, maybe they'll take a leg or something. And they'll like have this Frankenstein looking yeah. Jaeger. They'll just kind of cobble together their own super Jaeger that has right. all the powers and abilities. Uh, I don't know. I could have I could have done with one of those big meaty shoulder cannons from the other Jaeger, but right. Yeah, that's that's what I thought was going to happen, but they didn't do it. So whatever. There's time. There's presumably going to be a second season of this. The other big threat, uh, there's, uh, like, they reference Uprising, which I didn't see. Uh, I don't think that that movie was very well received. But, like, I guess during the Uprising War, they had, uh, like, drone Jaegers, and one of them got uh, infected by, like, a kaiju virus or like kaiju blood or something yeah something stupid like there was an organic component to it uh basically it's just like another layer of like casual explanation of some bullshit so that you can have a a kaiju jaeger so it's like which was cool uh, biomechanical yeah but like it kills and eats the kaiju uh but it's also you know doesn't want atlas destroyer stomping around but it it will protect boy for some reason yeah because like um they kind of they actually drift with each other like they share a a psychic link i guess because like i guess the other thing like we find out that like boy is the result of like they rescue this kid from a like an old training facility of like the organization that built the Jaegers. Mm-hmm. Um and he's just a kid that goes around with them. But like boy was the result of like some sort of 
super soldier experiment or something like they were fucking around with kaiju stuff to try to make like a super weapon to kill the kaiju um and like the 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 jaeger kaiju is kind of the same thing so like they have a a kindredness about them but right uh yeah and then uh like the other fucking wild thing i guess is we find out that uh at the end that boy is a a fucking titan shifter uh so like he just is a kaiju that's in the form of a human i guess Mm -hmm. and can turn into a giant kaiju and destroy shit right and then uh all of a sudden these uh three chicks show up who i i assume are the sisters and they're like the kaiju messiah is here and i'm like oh fuck what what could that possibly even mean yeah. Other than like two words just kind of like sandwiched together and be like, oh, this is a mysterious thing we just said. Yeah. I'll be honest. There's a lot of shit going on here. Like it kind of feels like they're throwing spaghetti at the wall. <laughs> and like that whole part just made me think like, man, I really need to get caught up on Attack on Titan. Yeah. But it's not bad, though. I liked it. There's a lot of dangling threads that has me interested. It also helps that these are about 22-minute episodes, like standard anime length. So uh, it it at least keeps me intrigued from there. Uh, Whether or not, you know, I'm sure we'll get part two at some point, either this year or early next year, uh, and uh, we'll go from there. But, yeah, I'm I'm interested, I'm intrigued, uh, and I like most of it. I feel the same. All right, well then, uh, what would you rate it? Uh, three and a half. I agree. Three and a half is the correct rating for Pacific Rim the Black. And with that, we're going to cut to another quick break. And when we come back from that break, we will be talking about a patron requested review from Creep for Gerald. Hello. Good morning. Hi, everyone. My name is Nicholas Haskins, and I host a weekly podcast called Nikolai's Kitchen, which is all about my personal journey inside the kitchen and out. Each week, I explore my passion for food and share some positivity, and I break down a featured recipe for you to make at home. It's a show all about the ups and downs of cooking, baking, and living. I'm not a chef. I'm just a guy who loves cooking from scratch and trying to make a difference in the world. Tune in every Monday for a brand new episode on a podcatcher near you. Just remember... Never stop believing in yourself. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into a patron requester review for Crete. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean... If we watched terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. Yeah, uh, which comes to us from Gerald, uh, who is also a creep. Correct. Nah, I like Gerald. Uh, he has a reputation for being creepy, though. Uh, this is a Blumhouse joint. Uh, which probably already tells you a lot 
that like it's either going to be surprisingly good or total dog shit. Uh, fuck, I guess. It's a, a horror thriller film. Uh, it's Ow. a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, th- th- fucking eat shit, tall girl. You're worse than this fucking dumb movie. Uh, a young videographer share- answers an online ad for a one-day job in a remote town to record the last messages of a dying man. When he notices the man's odd behavior, he starts to question his intentions. Uh, that synopsis is wrong, because he notices the man's odd behavior, and then just fucking stays there. Yep. Uh, and lets the guy fucking do weird stuff that leads to murder. Yep. Uh, I didn't like this movie. Dan, uh, what did you think? Uh, it, I enjoyed, like, the first... 30 minutes but then like whenever we got to like the third time where i'm screaming at the television hey just leave uh that's when i basically checked out because it's like you you basically deserve everything that happens to you after this because like i don't know i uh, i like mark duplass i don't i don't care for whatever fuck man videographer is i almost called him idiographer uh which he he basically (laughs) is he he is a complete idiot because, like, there are just so many telltale signs that are like, hey, get the fuck out. And he's like, nah, yeah. fuck it, I'm fine. The uh, the guy who was, like, the videographer in it uh, also wrote and directed it. I mean, that tells you everything you didn't know about the movie. If you wrote, directed, and starred in a movie, you probably made a pile of shit. There's a couple things that I really like about it. Sure. Uh, so, like, whenever they... Like, there's a a cut where, like, the guy is, like, finally, like, oh, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here, and, like, attacks the dude, uh, and, like, the camera cuts out, and then it just cuts to, like, the dude digging a hole, uh, and, like, they kind of do a reveal, like, oh, like, I got away, and, like, this is now a video that he sent me in the mail, so he knows where I live now. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, he just continues to live there because he's an idiot. Right. But uh, I kind of like that. Like, they kind of do, like, a couple jumps so you're never sure, like, I don't know. Like, you're missing information. So, like, they tried to do something intriguing there. Um, And then the other thing that I thought was kind of cool, like, eventually he does kill him, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, and, like, has all this... Like, he has the whole video that he, you know, put together of, you know, everything chronicling their, like, his creepy stuff that he did to him. Right. Uh, And, like, the very end of it, like, there's a video, like, he's holding the camera out in front of him as he walks down the hall, uh, talking to somebody else, saying, like, yeah, come and do this video project for me tomorrow. Uh, I can't wait to see, uh, as he, like, opens a a closet uh and you just see like lines of dvds and vhs tapes uh and he puts the aaron video in there so it's like he's done this dozens of times and fucking killed a whole bunch of people so yeah i thought that was kind of neat other than that like i don't know he he fucking pretends that he's like stroking a baby in the bathtub 
and like all this weird shit and like puts on the fucking Halloween werewolf mask and like dances around. And like, uh, I don't know if, uh, somebody started doing that and I was nearby, I would be like, oh, this person's a killer. I should kill them <laughs> first, probably. Sure. I don't know. I, I enjoy Mark Duplass in general. I really like him as an actor uh, and he really got to be very, 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 very weird for this movie. But like outside of that, like and outside of like the first 30 minutes, which is where I was like most engaged because like, Oh, it's just this guy acting kind of weird because like, he's also come like, I, I guess I was trying to like manufacture in my head. Like, Oh, it's a weird guy coming to terms with the fact that he's dying. He's going to have a son and all this stuff. And yeah, so like he he's acting a little strange. Like he he gets into a bathtub, and he's like, "Oh look, it's tubby time." And he's like, "Wow, this is really weird, but also kind of sweet, I guess." And then you find out, "Oh no, he's just a." Is there anything else you want to talk about with creep? Nope. Okay. Uh, what would you give it? Uh, two, I guess. Yeah, that's what I said. Two. Uh, what are we doing on the show next week, Dan? Uh, good question. I don't have anything lined up. Well, uh, I guess we'll talk about it, and it'll be a surprise. Yeah! And by surprise, I mean, we mean, of course, uh, follow our social medias, at Netflix and Swill Everywhere, in order to see what we're watching next week. Uh, and at netflixandswill.com, your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill, Netflix and Swill merchandise, Netflix and Swill the breakfast cereal, Netflix and Swill the flamethrower. Oh man, I really want a Netflix and Swill branded flamethrower. Uh, and then Netflix and Swill the doll, me, Caleb. In reality, Netflix and Swill the doll is just like half of a doll of each of us, and it's just sewn together. That sounds horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Now I'm thinking of, like, what the worst way for that split to be, and I'm thinking, like, my back half and your front half. I am visually unappealing, yes. (laughs) But, like, the mind immediately goes, like, oh, left and right halves. But, like, you could do top and bottom, or you could do front and back. Yeah, which is the worst way to be cut in half. That's true. I still need to watch 13 Ghosts because I will never forget that moment when the lawyer gets cut in half by the house. Through the worst way. Yeah. It also happens in Kung Fury. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. Uh, Thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter. And uh, until next week, this is Caleb Singh. We'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. 
If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.